Writing is hard. It's a lot of work. There's a lot of things that you have to do to get a story done. But it's easier when you're having fun. I've started to have a problem recently. How do you have fun when you're creating things? Let's talk about that on today's Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, especially if you're reading my new book, Crucify My Love. And today, we're going to talk about having fun while creating. Because it's not as easy a skill as I thought it was. Just a reminder, if you hear anything in the background, we have two new kitties, and they are making all kinds of noises in the background. So if you hear something go meow, it's probably the kitty. One of the kitties. We named them Minerva and McGonagall. I bet you can't guess why. <laughs> but before we get started, if you haven't already, please take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It really does help out a lot. It tells the algorithms to share the podcast with more people. The more people that listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better chance we have of actually communicating with one another. And after all, that is why I do this in the first place. And thank you to everybody who's already done that. So this has been a week of writer's block, which you can probably tell by the discussions we've been having on the podcast, right? I am simultaneously trapped between two competing ideas. One, I have too many ideas that I want to write, and I don't know what I want to focus on. And at the same time, I really don't want to work on any of them, and I just don't have a good story that I want to tell right now, and so I just don't have anything to work on. And I'm sure you, like me, have noticed that those two thoughts are incompatible. They don't go together. You either have too much or too little. Can you really have both? In this instance, I think you can. See, what I've realized, the problem that I'm having, the deep down core issue that is bogging down my work, and I'm sure is probably bugging down some of you as well, which is why I'm talking about it on the podcast, is that here we are, there are all these things out in the world all these books I want to read, all these shows I want to watch, all these movies I want to watch, all these games I want to play. And I'm wanting to write my own stories too. And you can see this kind of race to absurdity that's going on in all of these scenarios because, well, you can't sell your content as original if it's like somebody else's. So everybody's trying to find the edge. Everybody's trying to find that little thing that makes their work different. And I'm not immune to that. I have that problem too. But as we've discussed on the podcast numerous times, there's no such thing as originality. This moment you think that you're doing something absolutely original, I bet somebody can find something in your language or 
another language that you don't read that utilizes some of the concepts, some of the ideas that you thought made your work original. Nothing is new under the sun, and here we are. But the problem that I'm having is not necessarily one of being original, because I've kind of slayed that dragon. I, I don't really worry about my work being fresh and different and new and so mind-blowing that it just knocks the socks off of people, because every time I think I've done that, I show it to somebody and they point out something that I've never heard of that does some of the things that I thought were fresh, original, and awesome and new. So, what is the real problem? Well, the more I've thought about it, the more I realize I've forgotten how to have fun doing this. See, I've been writing for a really long time, and it depends when you want to start counting this, but I mean, I started writing my first novel when I was in sixth grade. I wrote four novels before I got out of high school. All of them were trash. I've written several books afterwards, some of which are even out there in the universe for people to buy and read and all that fun stuff. They became work after a while. Because when my first couple books came out, they had a little bit of success to them and I wanted to really build a career. And the problem of a, with writing, for me at least, is when you start thinking about all of this as a career, it definitely takes the fun out of it. Because now it's work. And I'm not saying writing shouldn't be work. And yes, of course, I want to do this for money. And I think a lot of us do. We want to be compensated for the work that we perform because, well, it's not always cheap or free to do the work that we want to do. I use Vellum to produce the ebooks that I put out, and that's not cheap software. I use Scrivener to write in, and that's not the most expensive, but it's not cheap software. So I need to make some money just to pay for the tools that I use to make the stories that I tell. So how is it that I've forgotten how to have fun with them? It's because I've created an invisible audience. This imagined audience out there that I think is going to be judging and hating and criticizing every little thing that I do. See, I've gotten better turning my own inner critic off because I know there's a thing called editing and revision and that's when that little inner critic gets to come out and have fun tear the work apart, rip it to shreds, tell me what's wrong, terrible, and bad about it so I can try to make it better, so I can improve and make a good story. So since I've gotten past that little issue, I've created this other little audience that sits with me while I'm writing and goes, you know, nobody's going to care about this. Oh, no. See, you can't do stuff like that in a space opera because people are going to say that you're just doing a knockoff Star Wars or a knockoff Star Trek or a knockoff fill-in-the-blank. And the same is true with my fantasy stuff, my urban fantasy stuff, whatever it is that I'm trying to work on at the time. That little voice comes out and says, you know, the audience isn't going to like that. They already have something that's better. And that's the key word. 
they have something that's better. Like we can actually judge creative works on some kind of tiered hierarchy. This is good. This is bad. This is best. We can't do that. You see, all of that's a matter of taste. That's a matter of personal decisions. What is it that you like? What do you want? What do you need to see? What do you mean when you go to, you know, participate in some kind of fiction? And because we've set up this false hierarchy, and we do it all the time, you see it. I mean, there are entire channels on YouTube that are just dedicated to the 10 best, the 10 worst, the 10 best, the 10 worst, this, that, and the other. Characters, plot holes, sci-fi franchises, movie franchises, fantasy worlds, fantasy maps. Fill in the blank. There's somebody doing a tier. Somebody's making brackets. Somebody's setting things apart and making opinions and proclamations and... No. It's all an illusion. But it's an illusion we buy into, both as fans and as creatives. We start talking about what is our favorite thing, and we may actually have a favorite thing. I love Harry Potter, I love Star Wars, and I love Star Trek. Which is my favorite? Well, that's where we get into that sticky place called mood, isn't it? See, it depends on what mood I'm in, which is my favorite at a particular moment in time. Maybe it's Tolkien, because I'm just having a day when I'm obsessing over Conlangs, and his work in constructed language still to this day floors me. Yeah, it's all about mood. And that's... Real. That's something that I can feel within myself. And that's where my own fiction is having problems. See, I've gotten to the place where I'm kind of bored with a lot of the fiction that I'm encountering. Not really the books and stuff, but a lot of the movies. They feel same, same, or just like they're trying too hard to be different or to be like something else. And so I'm applying that kind of malaise that has come over me, where I'm not really wanting to watch things, to my own work. Well, if it's not all-consuming, if it's not all-exciting, if it's not all different and all fresh, if it's not going to be the next big thing, why should I spend my time on it? And the problem is, I'll never know the answer to any of those questions. If the work never gets written in the first place. So yeah, here I am. Writing, trying to write. Working on this, that, and the other thing. Kind of hopping around at random. All the while, hoping and praying and desiring to just be enraptured by something and taken away. And it's not happening. It's just not happening. But see, the real problem there is that it's an unrealistic expectation. See, writing and Legos have a lot of things in common. The biggest one is if you don't put the bricks together, they never make anything. And that's the real secret of writing. If you don't sit down and actually do it, then it never gets done. 
And that may sound like an (laughs) an oversimplification, but it's not. It is, in fact, a real problem. It's an issue that faces all of us who work in the creative fields. We want our work to be loved. We want our work to be perfect. We want our love to, to show on the page. And to accomplish that, we really have to have a deep affection for the work, the fiction, the stories that we're telling, that we're working on. And if we don't have that love, it does show in the work that we produce. But the real problem is when we start putting up guards. See, that's my real problem, and I'm wondering how many of you share this. You see, my real problem is that I put these walls up that says what I can and can't do, what should and shouldn't be in the work that I'm doing. You see, this would be too much like Star Wars or too much like Star Trek, so I can't do that. I can't do anything like that at all. Well, why not? I'm not writing fan fiction, so it's not going to be identical to. I'm going to have to change things just because I don't want to get sued. I'm going to have to make changes because, well, it would be boring just to recreate someone else's work. And that's not something that I actually want to do. These are artificial walls. These are artificial barriers that are just put there for the sole purpose of keeping me from working. That's the real secret to all of this. We don't actually want to work. Now I know, I know, I know some of you jumped back and are about to send me an angry tweet, but listen, hear me out here. Writing is probably one of the most vulnerable things that we can do. We are connecting our thoughts to words. We're putting those words out there to become the thoughts of others. It's the closest thing that we have to telepathy. These words spring from my brain and they go into your brain. And there you go. It's it's the most vulnerable task that we can partake in. By choosing to tell a story one way instead of another, we're revealing deep facets of our own personality deep-seated hopes and fears. We can tell a lot about what a writer thinks by how they write, whether they intend us to be able to do that or not. And that's why we secretly don't want to actually get any work done. See, the more fiction I write, the more people can look inside my own mind, the more people can see my insecurities my hopes, my fears, my dreams, my ambitions. And especially as I've been writing more about queer characters. The more I write about trans and non-binary folk, the more people can see my own feelings about these issues, my own struggles. Because I'm working a lot of that out in my own fiction. Because it's a difficult task to undertake. And that's a very vulnerable place to come from. And see, there's also this whole problem of series-itis. Everything's a series nowadays. Everything's a world. And if you're a writer, that's probably a smart thing to do. Series do make more money. They do sell more. 
people want to know if they really get into a world or characters, they can keep going and encounter them more. So you start thinking, well, I have this little story. So what's that going to be like in book three or book five or book seven? Because this is going to be a trilogy or a pentology or a septology or heptology. We decided which it is yet. But yeah, we start worrying about the future. We start considering what it's going to be like seven books from now because we're writing stories about kids with magic and we can't do that without thinking about Harry Potter. So if I'm going to set something up, it really should be an arc that will build as the character grows and matures. So it's not just seven discrete books, it's a whole series that builds to something. And it's not a terrible instinct. Those are the kinds of books that I like. Those are the kinds of movies that I like. I like seeing characters progress. I like seeing worlds develop. I enjoy seeing the payoff of something that was just mentioned in book two, later in book five. It means a lot to me. It shows that my investment meant something. But that's distracting. That's harmful to the creative process right here and now. Or is it? Maybe I'm thinking too small. Maybe we're thinking too big. But the problem is we're thinking. We're not feeling. See, writing, especially when we're drafting, is about emotion. It's about passion and feeling. We can perfect the language and everything else later. We can get there in the end. See, we don't have to bring in a lot of those rationalities early on. That's what editing is for. So this is where we're at. Trying to find those things that excite us and make us feel like we should get up in the morning and work on that. We should work on that all night. That that's the place that we want to be, the stories we want to tell, the world we want to see. And that, in so many ways, is what stops us. Because all of those wants, all of those desires, all of those fascinations, each says something about us. And yeah, maybe I need to listen to more music. Maybe I need to watch a good comedy and just have fun. I don't really have fun anymore. Not that my life is terrible or drab or droll or any of those things. It's just... There aren't a lot of things I do just to have fun. I would like to do that more. But I've gotten out of the practice. And that's really what this is, isn't it? See, we like to th say that if something's easy, it's just like riding a bike. And there's a big part of me that always presumed that having fun was just like riding a bike. But I can tell you, it isn't. It's something that you can lose. It's something that can be taken away from you. It's something that can blind you. In many ways, I think the hardest part of being a writer is not actually the writing. It's not actually the telling stories or anything like that. The hardest part of being a writer is learning to have fun with it and not forgetting to have fun with it. 
that's really the hardest part. We spend way too much time being serious and thinking about what we should and shouldn't do. At least I know I do. That's one of the reasons why I love talking to you guys every day. Because together, we can make it work. We can find the solutions to our problems and we can make everything better. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please do take a moment to rate it if you haven't already. If you've got a dollar, you can pass my way. It really does help out a lot. In the show notes, you'll find a link to both my Patreon and the Community Support tab. Difference between the two is people on Patreon occasionally get stuff. If you don't have any money right now or you just don't feel like giving, that's okay. But if you know somebody you think might like this podcast, do share it with them. That helps out a lot too. I want to thank everybody who's listening, especially the newer people, because it always amazes me when people find the podcast and our numbers go up. I want to say thank you so much. You mean the world to me. And if there's anything I can ever do, let me know. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean so I can use it on the show. But I would love to hear from you. You can also hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. I'm CE Dorset on both. And uh, you can find links to everything that I do over at ProjectShadow.com. I'm hoping that I'll be able to get through this little creative funk that I'm in. Because I'm not in a creative funk. I've written a lot this week. It's just been here, there, and yonder. And the problem is, I feel like I should focus on something. I should pick something and just drill down into it and make it happen. I don't know. We'll see. Let me know about your creative process. I would love to hear it. And until next time, don't forget, have the fun. Bye.